on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. YouTube's latest project is being dubbed awesome by us. We're excited. LinkedIn launches a new tool to create I8 drafts for your LinkedIn posts. <laughs> ABT. It's easy as one, two, three. Simple as do, re, me. Come, A-B, test your thumbnails with me, girl. All on today's show. <laughs> Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics. Social media and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. With new shows every Friday. Every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Jess Budd. I'm Nicole Waddington. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on June 30th, 2023. How the heck are you, folks? Jess, what's up with you? I think I'm good. I just want to say I told my story about Quest the other like couple shows ago. Oh yeah, well you got Alpha to the max. Yes. How are you? Are you still? Do you still think about that daily? I would if I. I were thought you. about it today because I was at urgent care with my son and we were waiting in line. We were walking. We were on the board. We had a wait time, and all of a sudden our name was gone. And instead of complaining when somebody else got called before me, I remembered my experience and I calmly thought. I'm in the queue. They're coming for me. My son wanted to look at a slushy machine. We did that. And I call that a victory for humanity. I didn't do what that lady did to me, to the other people in the waiting room. Did they call your name? Absolutely. We were next. All right. All right. For me, speaking of, I guess, urgent care adjacent type stuff, yesterday was an interesting day for me. Um, the, the day before we had a tournament, I thought I was done with baseball. Who's I'm just, we? Yeah, okay. Me and my kids. The, my kid, my kids. I just pretend like I'm, I'm part of the team. I'm not. All I do is keep score. There is no Greg in team. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they had a tournament and my it w- they played kind of weird. My daughter made this play to like end the game and win the game. And then my son is like, I don't feel that great in the car. I'm like, all right, buddy. Like that happens. Walks home right into the house and just pukes all over the ground. Just pukes everywhere. I'm like, oh my gosh, like how did you even play that game? Whatever, he's supposed to go to baseball camp. I held him home and then I was eating a burger as fast as I could because I'm trying to watch the kids. I'm trying to do my job. Like I'm trying to work. I'm trying to get everything done. And I was eating a hamburger and somehow I chipped another tooth. I think when I was doing that clean and jerk before, I had like jarred it loose. It weakened something. But I cracked another tooth. I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to get all my freaking teeth replaced. Like that's what it's going to be. That's what you want though. It is what I want. I think teeth are so inefficient. I think teeth are so inefficient. I don't want them. I'd rather have just matte. I want titanium. Give me titanium. Paint it white. I don't care. I don't want teeth. What is the point of teeth either? Biting Nobody and knows. chewing and it's debatable. Looking cool when you smile. Anyway, I had to go to the emergency dental thing this morning. Get here late. I had to get the tooth filled and then they just sanded the other one down. And the funny thing is, I'm like Jess in a way, like a total creep, where they're cutting my tooth with like a I don't know, a Dremel or something. And I love it. I love it. I'm sitting down there. I can't do anything. 
I can't score a game. I can't work. I can't coach soccer. I'm just sitting there loving it when they're just drilling into my face. Were you numb? No, they're just drilling it down. And you it were loving it. Though, right? well, I, they were like sanding it. Down. They were like trying to even it, the chip out. So it's just like, mm-hmm. and it's like, this one's going to be rough. And I'm like, bring it on. I don't care. This is easier than anything else I have in my life. Good. Bring it on. Nobody's throwing up. Nobody's throwing up. Oh. It's great. Wow. Yeah, it's easy. I'm up here first in the main <laughs> news. And we've got something I'm actually super excited about. And as many, first off, just I'm going to put my biases out here a little bit. I was named by a certain podcast mm-hmm. the most pro Google marketer of the year 2022. It's not that year anymore, people. It is not that year anymore. Nope. But I, I give credit where credit is due. And from the YouTube liaison, I forget his name. I think it's Renee. Renee Ritchie is his name. He said, thumbnail A-B testing is coming next year. Here's a sneak peek. We've been doing early testing with a few hundred creators, and we're planning to roll out the beta version to a few thousand creators in the coming months. And there are ways to do this the right way, and there are ways to do this the wrong way. And I think Google really nailed the rollout of this. How would you do thumbnail testing, Jess? You're an ad platform. You're, yeah. you're, Nicole, Jess, what would you do if you wanted to try to test one thumbnail versus another? Am I soliciting creator input? Because I would think I would want that. Like, tell Just me, like give what me your metrics two thumbnails. Might you use? Oh, click through rate. Okay. Yeah. 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 Click through okay. rate. Give me however many thumbnails you want to test. Mm-hmm. So, what they're doing is not using those. They're going to look at the resulting watch time from one thumbnail versus another thumbnail. Okay. Because click through rate, you could put something up there and being like, you're like, hey, you want to see my butt or something like that? And it's like, right. if it's not yeah. there, you're yeah. not going to watch the, the, the video. You know what I mean? Okay. So they're trying to say like, okay. not only when you show one versus another, how many people are going to click on one, but how many people, like, is it accurate? You know what I mean? Like, did you bamboozle right. the user or not? Yeah. Like, both mm-hmm. would be helpful. I'd like yeah. to see both. Does click-through rate correlate with watch time? I would too, mm-hmm. but I get why they did it in Smart. a way. And I yep. think if you do too much click-through rate, you're just going to get way more of that clickbait type thumbnail stuff. Right. And I think mm-hmm. some thumbnails are too clickbaity. And mm-hmm. I think this might help them to be to help people be like, if you show more of the video, you show more of what product you're reviewing, you show more of what's happening, like you're going to get more people not only clicking through to watch it, but sticking around too, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, again, it's only for a few hundred creators, but it is planning on being available broadly next year. And you can see uh, the example that he gave. There were three different thumbnails for a weekly new YouTube news flash, and there were a watch time of 43%, 27%, and 28%. So pretty cool. I'm here for it. Love it. And from Andrew Hutchinson on social media, today we ha- we know that LinkedIn's been toying with generative AI experiments in their platform, but now it looks like they've actually launched the test for generative AI posts available to only a couple some users. But essentially, when you go to post, a prompt will appear giving you an option to draft your post using AI. But you'll need to share at least 30 words outlining what you want to say, and then it will have a draft ready to go that you can edit before actually posting. 
and I like it. So Adam Singer at Adam Singer on Twitter had replied to the tweet about um, this announcement. And he says, LinkedIn product team thinks coming up with a few sentences of original thought is too difficult for their users who are professionals in the business world. So they're going to fix it with AI. I'm not sure this one requires much additional commentary. I really want to know whose idea this was. The computers? It, I, it's the Jeff Goldblum Jurassic Park quote where he says, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. If you can't string together a couple sentences, it's not worth posting. Retweet. Who, who wants that? And they should disclose that. I didn't see anything in the article. I want to know if somebody's out there rat, you know, posting like with AI. Like I don't want, I, I don't want to. Follow. If you don't have original thoughts, I don't want to hear from you. I don't care what LinkedIn Bard wants to write about your stupid dirty words. I want to know what you have to think. And, and it's already stinks so bad. LinkedIn is going to get so much worse. Yeah. If you can't write something, don't post. I think people feel like they have to. So this is for those. But folks. this is, but a, find this a, is a, a problem job. with humanity. Find a new job. Yeah. You're you're thinking too logically. I I'm trying to fix humanity here. You know. Me too. I didn't complain in the waiting room. My name. I'll have a thing. Um, AI can be helpful. So YouTube creators should rejoice at this one. AI powered dubbing is coming. And I know that that sounds crazy, but at VidCon late last week, YouTube announced that it is bringing in the team behind Allowed, which was previously a part of Google's Area 120 incubator. They're bringing it into YouTube. And the dubbing service works by first transcribing your video, which you can then review and edit the transcription of it. From there, it will translate and produce the dub. Basically, it is making it stupid easy to open up your content to a much larger audience or audiences, right? Because you can do it in multiple languages. And it's currently being tested only with hundreds of creators, which is kind of small. It's only available in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. So again, kind of a small subset of languages. But a YouTube spokesperson did say that more are coming. And on top of more languages where they're trying to go with this long term, the goal of the program is to make, this is a quote, translated audio tracks sound like the creator's voice with more expression and lip sync. The lip sync part, the quote's over here, the lip sync part is kind of weird. I don't know how that's going to look, but if it works, that could be really neat. But aside from that, I think this is really cool. Those features that I just mentioned are planned for 2024, which isn't that far off either. So this is something to look forward to. But there's a video of it in action in the article, and I have to say it's pretty realistic sounding. Saya sudah berhasil menyulis suara lebih dari seribu video. I am a native English speaker. It's really all that I got. A little bit of understanding of Spanish. The example wasn't in Spanish, but I don't have the best ear for non-English. The takeaway still is that it's not robotic. It sounded very natural to me as a non-native speaker. I think it could be really cool. I say you're like average at English. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that compliment. You're welcome. <laughs> There's no mention of a fee either. That to me is huge. I feel like anytime you want to extend your reach to an audience beyond the resources that you have, you usually have to pay for somebody to do this for you. Granted, if it's just taking your script, say in English and translating it to another language, there's probably some nuances there that you're missing, but the idea is great. Um, 
once it rolls out, it could be pretty awesome. It'll expand, like I said, your reach with very minimal effort. So we don't know a ton about this. There's like one example out there, but it could be really cool as they're developing. So this, I think, is a good use of AI. You could take your video. We could take our podcast. We could put it in Spanish. That would be sweet. People that don't speak English could see it, and I kind of love that. So good to love to see it, love to hear it. Yeah. And in, in the place where AI is getting jammed into everything, this is something that makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Saying to your business bro, give me 30 words and I'm gonna post a LinkedIn post, not so much. Being able to real time transcribe something, mm -hmm. take it, turn it into a different language and dub it so that you can not only reach the audience you're speaking to, but expand. Dubbing, translating costs a ton of money. Mm -hmm. We've looked into it before. It's a ton. It's like just not plausible. But using AI for things that help others makes sense. Using AI like LinkedIn for things that are only going to hurt people's brains when they read <laughs> business memes created by LinkedIn AI, that's stupid. But again, Mr. Pro Google over here, amazing. I love this. Cannot wait for this. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week, just good marketing from Matomo Analytics at Matomo underscore org on Twitter. And there was a company that put out a fake, what was it, like The Rest of Us? What was the name of that HBO show? Oh, The, the Last, Last of, of Us. The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah there was a company called uh, Umalt that made that video. And it was about GA4 and everybody panicking. And so apparently, uh, Matomo Analytics reached out to the same company and they made another banger based off of the Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan movie that's coming out. We're going to see if we can just play it right now. It is so funny. It is so good. Unbelievable marketing, unbelievable awareness by Matomo, and unbelievable execution by Umalt or whomever made this. So we'll try to play it right here. And if not, apologies, there'll be a, a link over and check out at Marketing Clock on any of the social media networks. I have an idea. Take Universal Analytics and blow it up. What are you building out here? The future. Looks like you just made everything more confusing and got rid of reports everyone loved. I call it GA4. People are saying it's hard to migrate to and even harder to understand. They won't migrate to it until they understand it. And they won't understand it even if they've used it. What? This desert must be making my G4 dashboard act funny. I can't see the specific number of users I've had today. Just rounding them off. It's not acting funny. It's GA4. You're talking about blowing up a product that people have been using for 20 years. Don't worry. I'll send them reminders and then remind them again with increasingly confusing reminders. When we push that button, we destroy universal analytics. But we're keeping everyone's data, right? 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 
Now I am become GA4, the destroyer of analytics. Everything comes down to this, my greatest creation. Wait, all you've done out here is make a countdown timer? Yeah. Time to get Matomo. That's a good idea. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. This week's ICYMI is from at PPC Greg on Twitter. He tweeted, realistically, exact match keywords shouldn't start suddenly picking up badly mismatched queries mid-month. If the goal is to make campaigns so unoptimizable that we give up and turn it over to the machine, it's getting closer. This is killing performance on a brand campaign. And he put in a screenshot of a chart where the line just spikes mid-month, it looks like. And yeah. very unfortunate. I just... You just love that mid-month change. Like, oh, it's chugging along, chugging along. Whoa. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. All right, first up in paid, we covered the Google Ads beta broad match setting earlier this month, where you have the option to use broad match keywords for your entire campaign. Very scary people. And Vincent Bema tweeted, Google's first step towards killing off keyword match types. Just came across this while going through the new search campaign setup. And Menaham Ani replied, we're marching towards a keywordless future one step at a time. Soon we'll just set keyword themes and the system will take over from there. Completely agree. This example, insane. It's insane. I, I mean, I went off on it two weeks ago. If you want my mm -hmm. real thoughts, I, I did like a five-minute diatribe on this. But the fact that they're just pushing coverage and there's no other insight as to whether there's smart bidding, mm -hmm. if you've got everything set up, if your conversions can handle it. They're hiding search terms. It's problematic. I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to rant on this. I'm not going to rant on this. I'm not going to do it. Don't you give me that look. You're giving me that look like you want me to freak out on this. I'm not going to use it. You've this. done it already. Yeah. It's okay. But it's also like, Here it comes. one says... On, use broad match keywords for your entire campaign, right? Mm -hmm. And again, broad match keywords for your can entire campaign. Second one says off, use keyword match types. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Broad match is a match type, right? Oh, excellent point. It's broad it's in the name. match. Yeah. It does I'm, a very I'm specific matching thing. match to the meaning of match. Broad match. Whoa. Yes. Mm -hmm. And broad match means 
it can use different terms. It can expand on the terms. It can use other terms similar to the ad group, to the landing page. It can use previous queries that people mm -hmm. have used to help come up with different terms. It is very much a match type. The off here is so misleading. Like, oh, we're going to use keyword match types. Like, broad match is a match type. Am I losing my mind here? No. Like, am I wrong? Am I wrong, Jess? Tell me I'm wrong. Am I wrong? I want to so badly, but you're not. Am I wrong? No. Okay. Use keyword off. Use keyword match types. Broader otherwise. All right. More news from Google. You might have gotten an email from Google Ads announcing that after August 28th, your ads may be disapproved for using third-party click trackers that aren't on their list of approved click trackers. So if you're like me, you got this email announcement, you had to read it over like six times to understand what it was actually saying. I had clients asking what it actually meant. But lucky for us, Barry Schwartz had an article on Search Engine Roundtable that explains it better than Google itself. So to summarize, if you are using a third-party click tracker that's not on the approved list, you are unaffected. If you plan on using a third-party click tracker after August 28th, it has to be on the list of approved trackers. So you have the link in our show notes. You can follow it to the Google article that has the approved list. And it sounds like they're going to be um, taking approval requests. So you might have yours already approved by August 28th. But be on the lookout for disapproved ads. And next up in paid, we have Anthony Hagman at Anthony Hagman on Twitter. Hagman. <laughs> he had a screenshot that is from a Google Help article that says, update to advertiser verification program, June 2023. And it says, in June 2023, Google will update the advertiser verification program for improved clarity and readability. This update was made to explain the verification process deadlines in more detail and to add detailed instructions on how to complete the agency in-product verification flow. There are no changes to the scope and enforcement of the advertiser verification program. And he tweets, just saw this, not sure what it means exactly. We still have a bunch of accounts that are not verified. Almost all legal accounts required verification, but we have some random smaller accounts that have not required verification. Looks like it may might be related to these smaller accounts as I am now seeing verification as a recommendation rather than a requirement. Yeah, I'm confused too. I don't know. What? It's like that Guggenheimer or whatever. Oppenheimer? The, uh, yeah, it was Guggen Guggenheimer <laughs> yeah. is the name of it. Yeah. Where they're like, we're going to send you an email. Then we're going to send you another email. Then we're going to send you another email. That's even more confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he follows up and says, Verification as a recommendation. Add 3.5% points to your optimization score. Oh, yeah. We also just ordered some stuff from the stupid partner store. I cannot tell you <laughs> the quality of the product that it's we cardboard. received. cardboard. Quality score, 3.5? The quality score <laughs> was the optimization score performs like something, like an account that would be 100. It is so bad. It is so unbelievably bad. It's the golf thing that's sort of like ski ball. Every single one of the rings was off except maybe the middle one. Maybe the middle one was on. Everything else is completely off. The paint broke. It is a disaster. You're not going to talk about the bag that the balls came oh, in? Oh, the bag it came it's in a sandwich. It looked like it was a worker's sandwich bag. Yeah. 
Will it you- was it was a sandwich bag. It was not the first use of a sandwich no, bag. No. Moving on to another platform, Mark Zuckerberg announced that soon the 200 million plus users of the WhatsApp business app will be able to create Facebook and Instagram ads to find and connect with new customers without needing a Facebook account. We're also announcing new paid messaging features so small businesses can reach customers more efficiently. And he included screenshots of the interface where you can create your ad from the app and then also interface screenshots of messaging from the WhatsApp business app. So I don't know. This is kind of cool. The interface doesn't look that bad. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily want to create ads from my mobile device, but just it's use there. the platform. Yeah. Just use just set update up a- your meta ads interface. That would be nice. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. I think that's what most people are looking for. That place is confusing as shit. Yeah. And stop calling me. Mm-hmm. They call me. They call me yesterday. I'm like, I'm I, my tooth is cracked and I'm cleaning up puke. <laughs> Leave me alone. I don't know. I think it's cool that you don't need a personal Facebook account. We want that. That's what. Yeah. You want that? We want that. Do you want your personal Facebook account? Every time That's the we only get a new employee, Facebook account. Oh, we have to have a yeah. no, no. to use Meta ads to use yes, Business Suite. Yeah. You have this to have a personal nice, Facebook account. But you that, have to have um, uh, WhatsApp business account. Right. Yeah. I stopped myself because I didn't want to rant. But we we want that yeah. everywhere. That yes. is the stupidest. Sh- and you're going to give it to WhatsApp? Congratulations, so, WhatsApp users. What about the rest of us that have been spending money for a century? Well, I have to look at your whatever your Facebook name is. Probably Jessica Rose. Just joking, everybody's a Rose. You're Jessica Lee. Oh, but, but like my people, mother's middle name is Rose, so I was like, what? You're either Rose, Aaliyah, Marie, what else are you? Elizabeth. All right, and last up in paid, big news this week coming out of a Wall Street Journal article. So Brandon on our Discord shared this article, and it dropped on Tuesday. It's about Google video ad placements on third-party sites. So to break it down... Adalytics dropped a report that found that Google violated its promised standards when placing video ads on other websites 80% of the time. Now, what exactly are these standards that they violated? So Google Video Partner ads say they will run on high-quality sites before the page's main video content with audio on, and brands will only pay for ads that aren't skipped. So... The violation here, or the accusation here, is that Google violated all these standards 80% of the time. So in this report, Adalytics accused the company of placing ads in small, muted, automatically played videos off to the side of the page's main content on sites that don't meet Google's standards for monetization. And Google responded to the report saying, the report makes many claims that are inaccurate and doesn't reflect how we keep advertisers safe. As part of our brand safety efforts, we regularly remove ads from partner sites that violate our policies and will take any appropriate actions once the full report is shared with us. So among the major brands that this impacted, Johnson & Johnson, American Express, Samsung, Sephora, Disney Plus, And it also affected ads from government agencies, including Medicare, U.S. Army, Social Security Administration, and the New York City Municipal Government. Now I'm so deprogrammed that it sounds like a new, like, health app from Zuckerberg. Medicare. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) 
Yeah, and everybody's making a huge deal out of this. I'm just going to go to Sam Tomlinson. And he had a tweet saying, I get that she has something to sell, but this is a classic case of hyperbole and ignorance driving the headlines. Most of the YouTube ads are not on YouTube partners. Whoever wrote this didn't do much research. The cost per 1,000 views on YouTube is one cent to five cent for most advertisers, unless you're just treating it like old school, traditional TV, in which case, why do you care? And then he goes on and says, while this is a bad look for Google, the headlines are one thousand times or sorry 100 times worse than the underlying reality but hey let's not let facts get in the way of good sales pitch you go on partners you have to hit so many different things i'm sure the google legal team has its bases covered yes some blog posts were more general but when you are signing up for these things you know you're opted out or opted into them and this week in organic news, we've got a whole lot of Charles, Farina, and more GA44U. And he tweeted out something near and dear to my heart that's going away with GA4. Google has rolled out the change that we had talked about probably about a month and a half ago, where properties and accounts can now only access last click and data-driven attribution. One of my favorite things ever about GA4 and why I was actually excited on the announcement was that you could change all of your data to different attribution models and see the entirety of your data. With Universal Analytics, it was sort of like an add-on where it was in a model comparison tool. I would use that model comparison tool weekly to try to see what was actually impacting the overall sales and conversions and traffic and things like that. But out of the box, GA4 launched with this cool attribution where you could see linear, you could see time decay, you could see first touch attribution, you could see last touch. If you're a loser that likes DDA or mm -hmm. uh, data-driven attribution, you could see that too. And Google decided that was good enough for launch, but they didn't want anybody to actually use it when they had to migrate over from UA. So they got rid of it the week before the switch. The issue here for me is that DDA is not a helpful metric because Google will make its own attribution model based around your site, but you're not privy to what that model is. Where if it's something like linear, that's something that you should never take away. That's something where it's like, hey, every single touch point gets the same amount of value, right? There's three touch points, there's one conversion, it's 33%, 33%, 33%. Very easy to understand. With DDA, it's different from site to site based off of allegedly how people convert in the different touch points. But this isn't public information, so there's not a ton of stuff that you can do with it. So. In actuality, this one feature that was going to be such a selling point for GA4 and what I was actually excited for is now being taken away and there's not even that model comparison tool anymore. I understand attribution is always tricky, but this is one more reason why you need something more than GA4. It's, it's wildly unhelpful. I'm going to get into it more. Charles and I are going to talk to y'all in, in a few more minutes here, but I just want to let you know like how disappointed I am to all you listeners out there. This was something they built out of the box. That's the 
And with everything happening, they try to take it away so that you don't see something cool before it every before people have to have to start using J4. Like, oh, let's take this cool thing away before so we can get DDA in there. And then we'll get people trained on DDA. And then, you know what? It's our own attribution system. We can do whatever we want with it. And as we know, we see things like last Google Ads touch in attribution models. Or we see something like Google paid channel or paid channels and things like that. Like, obviously, it's going to count its own ads more than other networks if you have a tinfoil hat on your head. Right? Which we don't. I don't. Oh, no, I would never say that. I'm saying if you had a tinfoil hat on your head, you may say that, but I would never say that. Of course not. Don't You don't think I said that, do you? I don't know. Okay. According to my calendar, June 27th is only four days away from the first. Mm-hmm. July 1st mm-hmm. is when GA3 goes away, stops tracking. June 27th, GA4 is now launching AMP support. Way to sneak that in. Way to sneak that in. You're like, hey, you got four days left to have AMP in GA4. And so if you're using AMP, you can continue to measure performance in the same way as UA did, and it will now make it over to GA4. This is how poor this execution is. We're four days away. And this system that you forced via traffic, that's what I'm saying by force. Like you, people got more traffic. They had preferential treatment with AMP. Not included until four days away from launch. Unbelievable. From Danny Sullivan at Search Liaison on Twitter. He says, reminder, the best word count needed to succeed in Google search is not a thing. It doesn't exist, right? As long or short as needed for people who read your content. So in case you care, there is no right or wrong amount of word count to have. And same with title tags, same with descriptions. Google used to say if a title tag was too long or too short, it was in Webmaster Tools. It was like 2012 or 2013. They used to do that. They do not do that anymore. So if you hear certain numbers, don't listen to it. But when you hear those numbers, just know at one point, you said this is too long or this is too short for title tags and descriptions. So you sort of did that. From Glenn Gabe on Twitter, he shared a story from 9 to 5 Google about fan channels on YouTube. And YouTube is updating the policies on impersonation for those channels that are a little too close to reality. So let's say that there's a channel out there from a celebrity and you're making it seem like it's clips from Just Bud or something like that but it's not a JustBud authorized or a Nicole Jean authorized type account, um, those are going to potentially um, be able to be removed. All right, and from Charles Farina on J4, he says, explorations in J4 got a slight visual update. The variables, dimensions, metrics, segments are noticeably larger and more color has been added to differentiate the dimensions and metrics. He also says, this bug highlights another serious challenge many J4 users should be aware of. Right now, there is no reliable way to access yesterday's data for content analysis. We see this in the default content report where everything shows as a blank row. Jess. Greg. Big day yesterday. Want to see how our content did? 
I would love to. Well, as J4 representative, I cannot show that to you. Why not? <laughs> We're just here <laughs> around finding out. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to keep one more fun one here for Charles Freena. And this is just to help ease your mind. You're not the only one concerned about J4. We're trying to have a fun show here today. Charles says, Trended funnels also appear to be very broken in J4, experiencing all sorts of issues where they fall off randomly, decrease unexpectedly over time, or update incorrectly when changing date ranges. And then he has in this tweet thread another quote where you can like level it out or something. Everything is broken in GA4. We're supposed to trust DDA though? Trust. In DDA we trust. We do not. Yeah. So just want you to know we're all thinking of you this weekend as UA goes away. We pray. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe it still won't. We're recording oh, here is on the 28th. It is happening. What if the countdown timer just starts counting up like you still got it for this long? No. No? It's, it's over. No. R.I.P. Should we move on to social? I don't have anything more exciting. So let's just keep the fun times rolling. Instagram is still plugging away at their text-based social app. But as the old saying goes, Barcelona was not built in a day. And this is just such a slow thing. The good news for us all is that Alessandro Paluzzi has been following the developments every step of the way. And this week, he shared the latest development, the app icon. Not only was it released, but it's now been updated. And it looks fucking stupid. It's got Instagram's curly font all incorporated there. I think it's supposed to be the at symbol, but it just looks like a piece of spaghetti on a plate. So congratulations to everyone who gives Speaking of the gram, Adam Masseri tweeted, new supervision tools. We want to make sure our apps are as supportive as possible for teens, which means involving parents and guardians more in their teens' experiences. And I will interrupt the tweet there to say that is not how teens feel supported, but good for you for caring about the children. Yeah, you listen to them. <laughs> Just so you know, as a parent, you listen to you them. You don't watch what they're doing. You pay attention. Pay attention. You listen. You don't stop. You shut though. the TV off. Yeah. You put the phone down. Mm, well, we could offer teens controls to ensure the time they're spending on Instagram is meaningful. I don't even think the teens are on Instagram, right? No, they're on t- they're on TikTok doing. You, you're a TikToker. I'm not. She's not a you're teen a either. No <laughs> tables. You're a TikToker. I go on TikTok, and all I want are like gym fails. That's what I'm looking for. All I get. You just film yourself. Yeah, I should. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> oh, there goes another tooth. All I see is people going, let's go try the Grimace shake. And they get the Grimace shake, and they just put the Grimace shake out their nose. And it's like, this isn't funny. There's nothing funny about this. This is stupid. Why would anybody use a stupid platform? And I just think about how dumb we're becoming that you can go pretend like you turn into a zombie by drinking the Grimace shake. I didn't watch the video because I'm sick of Adam Masseri's videos. I just want him to tell me what I need to know in a bullet list. And if he wants to make a video, he can read it. He should do the Grimace shake. Eh, I don't think I want to see that. All right, speaking of meta, they said recently, we've heard positive feedback from creators in our initial tests and continue to gather input about what's most valuable for subscribers. We'll continue to evolve meta verified based on these learnings and explore new features and benefits that create more value for subscribers, which is just a lot of nothing. But the key here is that 
In saying that, they also announced that the verified program will be expanded to Latin American users this week, followed by full global availability in the coming months. So pretty soon, another checkmark can be yours for the low, low price of $12 to $15 a month, depending on where you make that purchase. All right, move over, Siskel and Ebert. Elon Musk is here. He tweeted, Watch the entire first episode on this platform. Great move by Apple. Note, you can airplay from your iPhone, blah, blah, blah. Said a whole thing, but basically was quote tweeting Apple TV saying there's three days until the silo finale. Here's the first episode. And you can joke all you want about Elon, but this is actually a pretty good use of long, for con- long form content. On you can watch it all on Twitter. A whole episode yeah. of a show that is ending, but they have the first episode here. It's pretty smart. Right? I also read these books. I didn't even know it was a show. I don't have Apple TV. The books are fire. You would love the books. You I, should watch the books. What? Read the books. Don't watch them. Watch them. Just look at them. Do it all. Look at them on the shelf. It, it, this is, I'm going to watch the first episode because it's free on Twitter. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so smart. Mm-hmm. And you know what else it isn't? Short content. It's yeah. long content. Yeah. I put it on my TV. I'm going to watch it. I actually can't wait. And it's a long play i think it's great marketing yeah it's great marketing you just released an episode for free and now people are hooked mr beast is hooked he tweeted about it it's kind of smart kind of really smart so i guess okay um let's get back to stupid because i don't know what this is this was you talk about notes and news happening in real time i'm working on my notes i think i'm done greg's like i have a story for you and this is what he sends me literally the title of this article from the verge is Mark Zuckerberg agrees to Elon Musk cage match challenge. And you think when you read the thing that it's going to be like a funny headline about something else. No, that's literally what this is about. Elon Musk tweeted, I'm paraphrasing here, that he would be up for a cage fight. Then Mark Zuckerberg shot back saying, send me the location. This is all apparently legit. The receipts are in the article tables. If you want to pull up the receipts in the video, you can. This is so stupid. And then there's another article from futurism.com where I don't know what I didn't click this. I just have a screenshot of the Slack that Greg also sent me because he thinks that I'm going to open all of these articles <laughs> five minutes before we record. It says Elon Musk mommy, May Musk, has chimed in and isn't happy about her precious son getting <laughs> bruised at the hands of Mark Zuckerberg. Mommy, first of all, what are we doing? What are we doing? I thought when I saw this, I was like, oh, maybe this is like a metaverse thing or metaverse, whatever. I, it's not. It's real and it's stupid. I don't know why we're doing this. I love it. And you said, I said, why are we doing this? You said, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't, why aren't, That's like, a good question. Because May, May Musk doesn't want Mike, Mark Zuckerberg to bruise his son. Yeah. Although Mark Zuckerberg, I looked it up. He's only 5'7", I think. Isn't Elon really tall? Mark Zuckerberg is a bit of a boss. I just feel like they both have a lot of rage. And if they take it out on each other, the whole world is going to win or lose. They're either both living or dying. No one's going to win. I feel like, would you pay to watch Elon Musk fight Mark Zuckerberg? I would. 100%. I don't like to watch I'll get Twitter Blue or wherever it's going to be. I'll pay for that. Maybe they'll stream it for free, the first episode (laughs) of the fight. (laughs) And they'll get you on the hook. I just don't know where I am anymore that this is what we're talking about in this show. This is not even marketing adjacent. This is like get, marketers might see this in the wild happen. All right. So who do you got in tables I'm coming to you to? Jess, who do you got? Who's going to win? Yeah. Is it an actual cage match or can they bring in devices? Mm. No devices. No devices? UFC style. Dana White said he'd put the show on. 
I'm going Elon Musk. He's a psycho. He's going to win. I think I'm going to go underdog Mark Zuckerberg. Tables. I'm taking Elon Musk. I'm going to put every cent that I have on Mark Zuckerberg. Really? Why? He is low-key jacked. Yeah, he works out. He has a good he 5K is, time. He did this thing called a Murph with a weighted vest in 40 minutes. That's insurmountable. It's incredible that he did this. He is jacked. He does jujitsu. Nobody is going to beat this guy. I My, the only The only biggest thing is that he does jujitsu and he put out this press release after somebody said he got choked out. And the press release was like, for the record, Mark Zuckerberg did not get choked out. Which is like, you, Too bad. people get choked out all the time in jujitsu. By you putting this press release out saying that you didn't get choked out is like pretty sus that like you did get choked out, right? Like, yeah. probably pretty bad too. Like, I don't know, but all my money's going on, on Mark Zuckerberg. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be like celebrity death match where you think there's a winner, and both the contestants, contestants lose. And Adam Masseri comes in real quietly mm-hmm. and, and leans put, into the camera. Rough. He should rough yes. it. And he somehow is just like, we're protecting the children. We support the creators. And now you can have this. And the other guys are just dead behind him and Instagram takes over the world. That's what's going to happen. Adam Masseri is like one of those fake kung fu people. He's like, <laughs> I can get you with my finger. And he's like, all right, watch this. I'm going to knock you over. And you just like and you die. Like, yeah, it's the five no. point palm exploding heart technique, but it's Instagram. No. And it's All my money everything. is on Zuckerberg. Okay. All of it. And then Elon Musk is out there like rolling jujitsu with other podcasters, like Lex Friedman and stuff. I don't know what any of that means, but he's snuffing out really good accounts apparently, because there's been another bot purge courtesy of Twitter's API updates. From Mashable, little by little over the past few weeks, API access was suspended for a huge cluster of Twitter's most beloved bots, end quote. And the latest victim is Possum Every Hour, and it's very, very sad. So R-I-O-P in peace, opossums. And I'm not sure if this is directly related to that last story, but it is from Titter Daily, so I have to say it. The Twitter team are in the process of fixing API issues following the transition to the new API version. And then they had a follow-up saying the free API tier should include low-volume, write-only automated accounts, um, such as the ones affected by suspension this week. So again, I don't really know if it's it's related, but yeah. It's happening. Nobody cares. They just want to see this cage match. People want more possums. Like, bring it. Let, let it happen. I agree. Like, I, I like the fact there was an issue. It was too far. Let's fix it. Yeah. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work. Good, bad, or otherwise. This week's Working Hard or Hardly Working for me is our data department led by Jack. We have that big GA4 transition this weekend and he has been on top of it and making sure all of our client accounts are ready to go and up to snuff and really appreciate it. For me, something hardly working is Performance Max. I've got a B2B account that it works very well in getting low cost SQLs or sales qualified leads. But every now and then it just kicks out tons and tons of spam and it inundates their sales team. We are optimizing towards an SQL or something further down the funnel. So we're not actually trying to get junk leads in. 
but we just get all these lorem ipsum leads and all this stuff. And I talked to our rep for this account. He's like, you just got to use recaptcha. And I'm like, I know that that's an option, but I'm trying not to drop the conversion rate of everything else on the planet that is not nearly as spammy as performance max. Like, what can I do? And I said to him, like, should I just make landing pages for performance max only, knowing how spammy it can be? And he said, workaround. He said, yes, Mm. you should make performance max only landing pages with a recaptcha because performance max is very, very spam, spam prone, and there's no way that they can stop it. That is a very smart workaround, but the product should be better than that. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to do that. Yes. So that's what I'm doing. I'm making Pmax landing pages, duping current landing pages, adding a recaptcha only for performance max. So don't tank the conversion rate of the normal landing pages. Work harder, not smarter. Work performance and not minimum. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just what you got. It's all garbage. Mine is, you guys know how important music is to me. It is life. I cannot work Debatable. You listen to Slipknot. But it's important to me and I can't work without it. And I will say the only reason I'm even bringing this up, have you played with the new DJ feature on Spotify? Mm -hmm. Xavier, aka X, is the best AI product out there right now. It's kind of like a radio DJ. It's like a shuffle of your shuffles. He knows Mm -hmm. what's up. DJ X? It's Xavier, but who wants to say that? I just feel like it's... It's just a good, it, the technology works and he, he sounds good. There's ways this? around it. You just go to your Spotify, Spotify and DJ. just click on the little DJ thing. You might have to do it on the desktop for it to show up in your app, mm-hmm. which seems silly. But anyway, it's really cool. You should play with it. It's, it, I guess, marketing adjacent, but it's working really hard for me because it's gotten through some work days where I don't know what mood I'm in. He feels it out and I feel like it's a good AI product. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool will help you calculate conversion value. And I tell you, you should play with it. Spotted and shared by Manaha Mani. Ever heard of him? It's the Google Ads conversion value calculator for lead gen. It's an interactive tool. You just enter the key stages in your lead to sale journey and it takes your customer that takes your customer from a lead to sale. Google says we'll do the math at each step to show you the most valuable conversion actions to bid on in Google Ads. And I love when someone does the math for me. A wise man, Gregory Patrick Finn, once said that not all conversions are created equal. This tool will help you determine the average values of your various conversion actions so you can use value-based bidding more effectively. It's kind of nice. You got to have some numbers going into it, but if you do have those, it is worth playing with. So as always, we'll have the link in our newsletter at marketingclock.com slash newsletter, as well as on Discord, community.marketingclock.com. So pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from the one, the only, the John Kagan over on Search Engine Journal called Search and Repeat Business. Do you need to advertise to the loyal? And this is where John talks about uh, basically retargeting lists for search ads, branded search, everything that you need to know about targeting people either looking for you or your current customers. Covers lists, 
why you need to advertise to repeat customers. Here's a sentence he puts in there. If you do not advertise to a repeat customer, remember your competitor will. Talks about why you never stop working on organic search, never stop on brand search, why the first time customers are better than repeat customers. It's a great article. Don't miss it over on searchenginejournal.com. And if you want to see all the articles from today, it's marketingaclock.com forward slash newsletter or community.marketingclock.com. We'll have all those links in there for you. Thank you, John. And on to our playlist of curated songs to work to, which you can find over at playlist.marketingaclock.com. What's going on in your playlist this week, Greg? I just want to say we can make it a longer show. It's a holiday weekend. Yeah, go for it. I take umbrage with the fact that you have DJ X when you have DJ Finn here. <laughs> if you Sorry. need a song, Jess. Sorry. I got you. Nine times out of ten, you do. I think it's 19 out of 20. Maybe. I think I'm that close. And I have a song for you this week, Jess. Okay. Hit me. Like, literally. I will <laughs> never do that. There's no hitting that goes on in the studio. <laughs> I'm just going to drop one here. Fade into you. Oh, I oh, love that song. One. That's already on the playlist. Is it? I added it. Oh, you you had played. that? Yes. What the hell? Okay. Add it again because I had a repeat from Shep and it was double Taylor Swift. So we need to combat that with Maisie Stark. No, yes. I'm going to find another song. No, here. that's such a good song. No, add it again. Add, add it, it again. again. Fade into you yes, by Massey Stark. Classic. It's uh, also in like the fight scene in Starship Troopers, which is oh, amazing because yes. it's so romantic. It. Yes. Really? Yes. It's a good song. If anybody needs something... DM me mm -hmm. over on community.marketingclock.com and I'll be your personal DJ. Who needs X when you got G? Agree. Yeah. And I will be adding Buffalo Soldier by Bob Marley and the Whalers. Also a great song. What are you adding, Jess? Well, I was going to ruin it with Limp Bizkit, but since we're on a roll with great songs, I will just go with my angry pick this week, Giving Up by Linkin Park. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Thanks for listening. We miss you already. And we cannot wait to see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after Famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, we, while you're listening to this, probably, it is the Independence Day adjacent weekend here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And we typically have some time off. Not here. The show never stops. No. But we're going to have some American trivia to see who is the most patriotic podcaster here on the second. Yes. Okay, so ring in with your names. All right. And first off, and it's closest. This is not prices right rules. It's closest. So you Same can use game week. theory mm -hmm. yeah. or like you love to do, you can take game theory and throw <laughs> it out the window. No one knows game theory. How many people were killed in the Salem witch trials? Jess. Jess. 34. Nicole. Nicole. 500. 20. Tables. I'm going to say 140. Jess is the winner. There were only 20 people killed and executed under suspicion of witchcraft. A fun fact you can use this weekend here. 
Do you know what ultimately ended the Salem witch trials? The colony's governor ordered an end to everything after his own wife was accused of witchcraft. Accused? Accused. Nothing happened to her. Nothing happened to her. Just Mm -hmm. ended it all. 20 people, oh, my wife's in, done. Do you ever think about like Giles Corey when he says more weight? Do you know what I'm talking about? They like crushed oh, the, the guy man with pull, like, stones. Pulled him out, or, like pulled him no, or something. They were putting stones on. He's like more oh. weight because he wouldn't accuse his wife. It was a good man. What city was the first capital of the United States? Jess. Jess. Philadelphia. I'm going to Philly. Okay. <laughs> Interesting game theory pick there. Yeah. Is there any other pick out there? In yeah, the Jess. No, you're out. Concord. Okay, Jess. Jess. New York City. New York City. Yeah. You right. lost though because you didn't get that. So. Tables, what a pick. Thank you. So did you think that maybe like I had it written down as like Philly and not Philadelphia? And like maybe I like like confused it. And you're like, hey, like maybe he's going for like a nickname. He's just confident <laughs> in my answers. No, it's yeah. New York City or NYC, you could say. Okay. When was the Declaration of Independence signed? Jess. Jess. What are we looking for here? A year? The date. Yeah, date by days off. July 4th, 1776. No. Okay. April 20th, 1777. Okay. <laughs> okay. Before. Are we declaring? All right. Tables. No. Give me a date here, no. buddy. I'm going to say July 7th, 1776. Tables wins. It was August 2nd. 1776. The final draft was completed on July 4th, but it wasn't actually signed until nearly a month later. Fun Independence Day facts for you here. So August, August 2nd. we don't have a holiday. We should make one. Yes, we should <clears throat> take a day off. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jess has one. Tables has one. What was the first American state? Oh. Say your name. No, I don't know if I know it. <laughs> Jess, 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 Jess. Delaware. Delaware. Jess has two. <laughs> Who is the first president to live in the White House? Nicole. Nicole. Um, Thomas Jefferson. Anyone else? Tables. Tables. George Washington. No. Okay. Anyone else? <laughs> Jess. Jess. Can I go again? But I don't know who was next. John Adams. Just take John. <laughs> I want to say Ben Franklin, but he wasn't a president. <laughs> that he kind of needs to be a president to live in the White House. Abe Lincoln. John Adams. I know him. But on. you're incorrect because you already guessed. So yeah. it's one, two to one. Jess is. But I thought we were doing closest. Yes, but. Thomas then Jefferson I get an NYC third, point. But if you have third and first, and there's no there's, there's no closest. Yeah, answer. if you if I get yes. Exactly. If it's a number, it's closest. Okay, like this one. When was the first US dollar printed? Nicole. Nicole. 1790. Jess. Jess. 1801. Tables. I'm ringing in for you. 1820. Tables. Ties it up. 1862. All right. What? Okay. We have a tie. How many Americans, with respect, were killed in World War II? Closest gets this. Jess. Jess. 14,000. Okay. Nicole. Nicole. 42,000. Okay. Tables. I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to say 28,000. Love that game theory. So we've got the low, we've got the high, tables got the middle. You are all off by orders of magnitude. It was 1.3 million lives. Seriously? American yes. wow. lives? The wow. United States lost 1.3 million lives, That's according to um, signupgenius.com. <laughs> so Nicole's on the board okay. is what you're saying. Yes, Nicole's on the board. Okay. What year were American women 
granted the right to vote. Jess. Jess. 1880. Nicole. Nicole. 1942. Okay, right in the middle of that war. All right, it tails. 1950. All right. Um, Nicole gets it the closest. It was 1920. So we've got a oh, three- The flappers. They gave the flappers yeah. the vote. A three-way tie here. We are going to do something we've never done before in the history of trivia. As soon as you miss something and somebody else behind you gets it, you are out. We are going to go around, starting with tables, then to Jess, then to Nicole, and then we start round two. And we have the top 10 states by land size. If you get a state that's in the top 10, you advance to the next round. If you don't and somebody else gets one, you are out. Tables. Top Texas. 10. T- Texas, number two. Just next me? Alaska. Number one. Arizona. Number six. Tables, back to you. California. Number three. New York's pretty big. <clears throat> out of here. Damn it. Jess is out if anybody else gets one. Nicole. I got number one. I should be able to stay in. North Dakota. Nicole is on the verge of getting out of here. Tables, if you can get one of the one, two, three, four, five, six remaining top states by Florida. It- Everybody's back in. Everybody is back yes. in. All right, Jess, go. We're, we're continuing with the list. Yes, yes. Oklahoma. Jess is out. <laughs> Jess is potentially out again, pending the incompetence that's going to follow here. All right, Nicole. Uh, Colorado. Nicole is in. Jess, you've officially been eliminated. Uh, Tables. You need Ohio. this to survive. Ohio is not it. So Nicole like takes the win. Ah. Uh. Will you, can we get yes. the top 10? Number one, Alaska. Number two, Texas. Number three, California. Number four, Montana. Number mm-hmm. five, New Mexico. Number six, Arizona. Number seven, Nevada. Number eight, Colorado. Number nine, Oregon. And number 10, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Oregon. Whatever. Nicole, congrats. You are the most patriotic podcaster here on the show this week. That's amazing. I wasn't even born here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we will see you next week. <laughs>